Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We are no longer on Podbean, but we are on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So just subscribe to us. You get the latest episodes. You also will get the latest episodes on Five Reasons YouTube. That's a great place to find us if you're an Android subscriber because... You will also get all of our other content. We do plenty of streaming shows on all the football teams in town. Big win for the Canes uh, over the weekend. The Dolphins play next weekend, so make sure you are subscribed. Also, 5reasonsports.com, spell that one out for the latest takeaways from all of the writers in our network about all of the teams in our area. And check out the great sponsors of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to a sponsor, our friend Louis Peters. I actually saw him uh, in the stands at uh, Dolphins camp a couple of weeks ago. But usually he's working, I promise you, because um, he's who I do my insurance with. And he, he is with State Farm, an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the entire United States. I've got my auto insurance with him, got my renter's insurance with him. I'm working on life insurance with him. More than 60 years of combined experience in the insurance industry in his office. He's based in Miami, but these are local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, all of it. Access 24-7, walk-in, call-in, click-in. You can find Louie there. And again, here's the phone number, 305-275-5585. That's 305-275-5585. Or just go to louispeters.com. That's L-U-I-S peters.com. Personalized service tailored to every customer. There are no cookie cutter ins- solutions in insurance. Again, 305-275-5585. And now, today's episode. Down to this game. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back on Five on the Floor. I'm Ethan Skolnick, and follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. Today's floor plan, I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. And I've got Alex Toledo. You can find him at Tropical Blanket. So today is one of those episodes I didn't think we would actually ever have to do. But Heat Twitter is like there's nothing going on with the Heat right now, but there's a hell of a lot going on on Heat Twitter. They are making up for it. And look, total respect for those of us, for those of you who follow us from there. That's how we built our audience. We love to interact with everyone there. We also like to interact on our off the floor feed. You can find that at the top of the Five Reasons Sports Twitter page. But sometimes it just goes off the deep end. And it's not that we're trying to fan police, I promise, okay? Although I know it comes off that way sometimes. But a little perspective at times is in order. And one of the problems we're having in the network is that, and and this is not intentional, but nobody inside the network is as hysterical as the people on Heat Twitter are right now or a subset on Heat Twitter. So I can't even find anybody in the network to debate with Greg and Alex and I and Brady because... They all seem to think it's a lot it's ridiculous what's going on. And here is the new premise that is going around Heat Twitter. And I'm getting this from a lot of places, and I'm not going to mention specific people. because A, I don't want to embarrass them, but B, I don't want to give them any publicity. That the Heat have failed Jimmy Butler. This is where this has gone. And now this has been twisted 
into saying that we said that they had to do something on Jimmy's timeline, which we did. We said they are on Jimmy Butler's timeline. Greg, you, you, you've said that, correct? That is correct. Alex, you've said that, right? They're on Jimmy Butler's timeline, not Bam Adebayo's timeline, not Tyler Hero's timeline. They're on Jimmy Butler's timeline, correct? Correct. Okay. I've said the same thing. That does not mean that every time a player is out there that will require a certain package of players or picks that the Miami Heat may not have, that they have somehow failed Jimmy Butler by failing to get that player. Just because somebody puts him in a jersey swap doesn't necessarily mean that the Miami Heat can get the guy if they don't have cap space and he's not a free agent. And there's a certain level of spoil that has occurred here because the Miami Heat managed to get Jimmy Butler with no cap space when he was a free agent, but they were able to get him for essentially Josh Richardson, a first-round pick, and a player they wanted to get rid of anyway in Hassan Whiteside. So now everything is being judged against that standard. And so when Donovan Mitchell goes to Cleveland, instead of to Miami or New York, by the way, which was the team that was in on this the whole time, and we were telling you that Miami didn't have much of a shot here. We have been saying that. All of a sudden, Pat Riley is asleep or washed. Andy doesn't know what he's doing anymore. The Arisons are too cheap. Okay, what else? How many other things do we have to hear? about this, but the the most ridiculous thing that's going around is that the Heat have failed Jimmy Butler. And I'm going to let Greg jump in on this because I know he has things to say. But does nobody remember last offseason? What did the Miami Heat do last offseason? They went and got Jimmy's best friend. Yeah, no, I know. And so there's there's layers to this. And I recently said um, on our thread that we need to give this site this loud minority will say uh of of heat social media this little subset um less and less shine so that we're in the process of doing that but this was a take so outrageous that we have to make sure that we clarify for heat fans the idea that pat riley and the miami heat have failed jimmy butler let, let let's just take a walk down memory lane jimmy butler has been traded from multiple teams because he and the franchise didn't see eye to eye for whatever reason. He lands in Miami. They make certain concessions for Jimmy Butler, y'all. Stuff that they have historically been really, really tough on. They're not as tough on with Jimmy. They were happy to have him. They understand what it meant for Jimmy to pick to come to Miami. Make no mistake of that. But I said this on Twitter, and I'm going to say it again here. Jimmy Butler didn't get the opportunity to take a three to send his ass to the finals in any other circumstance. And since he's arrived, they've made a finals appearance. They had a really weird season. That is that entire, the fact that they made the finals is in the same weird vacuum of the next season when they got swept out of the first round. And I don't know how you process and quantify that, Thing, but they went to the finals. Jimmy went toe to toe with LeBron James, one of the only guys that has played to that level um, against LeBron in a final circumstance like that. And then the next year, they're a shot away from getting to the finals. So Jimmy Butler has been put in a circumstance since he's arrived in Miami where he's been he's done nothing but essentially contend. He's gotten to build his brand, his narrative, everything that the heat signifies. So does Jimmy. So he gets to lean in that in a cool way where there really feels like synergy. 
So just chill out, like with this whole Jimmy Butler thing. I hate that I even have to like almost negatively speak about Jimmy to prop up the fact that the Heat have done a lot of great things for Jimmy as well, because I don't mean it to come across that way. But, yo, they're not failing him. They brought his best friend in. He loves Bam Adebayo. Um, I think that there are other things that they likely would do to continue to appease Jimmy. Um, And one may be waiting on the Tyler hero extension. If they want to see if there's additional players that shake loose, and that'll be an interesting thing to think about. Um, But ultimately stop it. Stop it folks. But that's the point. What you're saying here is that they have made concessions for Jimmy. And this does put us in this weird spot of it sounding like we're going against Jimmy, which we're not. I think all of us have agreed that he has performed to the level of the contract or beyond, and that without him, the Miami Heat might still be stuck in the middle, that kind of quagmire that they were in with the Whiteside Waiters, James Johnson crew, not those exact players, but he's the guy who dug them out of it. So this is not meant as any disrespect to Jimmy Butler whatsoever. We also know that Jimmy is a more difficult personality than some other stars around the league. We talked about that a little bit on the podcast last year, okay? But they have managed that situation as best as they can. And like you said, they've given Jimmy a platform. That is not saying that they've necessarily put the best possible players around Jimmy at all times. But I'm going to go back to this, Alex, because this is the thing that I I don't know why everybody is forgetting. They signed Kyle Lowry last year largely because Jimmy Butler wanted Kyle Lowry signed. And they gave him the third year to outbid everybody else at that price because Jimmy Butler wanted him in Miami. This was a foregone conclusion, not because the Miami Heat targeted Kyle Lowry for the past few years. They did in 2014, way back when, okay, when they still had LeBron. But they targeted him because of Jimmy Butler. And so, like, and I don't have a problem with it. But to now say, well, they can't get anything done or they don't have these assets, it might look a lot different. Their cap sheet might look different if they hadn't signed Kyle Lowry, right? Like if they still had Goran Dragic, who I I obviously was not going to be as productive last season, he would be off the books right now. Kyle is not. So, Alice, I just don't understand how people can look at this and say they're failing Jimmy when they literally brought in his best friend last year, which is one of the things that hamstrung them this offseason. Yep. What you're saying is 100% right. Like the Kyle thing, and you guys would obviously can obviously speak to this a lot better than I can with your information, but it was 100% a Jimmy thing. Like, it was his best friend. It was him pushing for it. That's what it seems like from the outside. And although and I was going to bring that up, too, that the Heat had targeted him in the past, you, you have brought it up a bunch of times over the years, Ethan, that it seemed like he might have actually signed with the Heat in that summer when LeBron left, if it wasn't for all of that kind of taking place. And so despite all that, it was a Jimmy thing, right? And I think they did that to make – him happy first and foremost not that they didn't think that Kyle was going to help him compete and win now it's kind of like the best of both worlds right because they they got something that would help their timeline and also would appease Jimmy when they for sure when Jimmy came here there was a promise of we're going to get you the best help that we can right like we're going to do everything that we can and I think that's part of what's happened here right it's like their priorities are and we talked about this a bunch already but their priorities are going after the whales. And when these guys are out there, 
like certain things end up getting put on the back burner. It's happened a couple of different summers now. And these other win now players that they got in the meantime, end up getting lost with the PJ Tucker, the Jay Crowder. Um, I like, I think even um, Solomon Hill, Iguodala, like those guys in general were, were win now acquisitions, even though we're talking about different levels of players. So I think they've had a bunch of those types of things. Like they flipped, um, Wins- Winslow, who was a, a young player, along with James Johnson and Dion for an aging Iguodala and uh, Crowder, who wasn't necessarily doing well in Memphis or in, in his last stop before, which I think was Utah. Like he wasn't, he wasn't some like sought after three knee player at that point. And they turned him into win now guys. And I just think like, because of them going after the whales every time the, it limits what else they can do. But it feels like they've done everything they can, though. So that's my thing, right? It feels like they've done everything they can. On top of that, it's where else do you go from here? I just think, like, I understand the frustration. I understand that all of this dragged out for so long, all of it to end up in the most anticlimactic matter. I think fans have the right to be frustrated. But it's just, uh, you know, like like I said before, it's the disease of more stuff. It's that out, that expectation that you're always going to get more and more and more. And it just it really just doesn't work that way, man. I do understand the frustration, though, I just the way that. But it's why? Though? Let, 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 but, let, but let me. No, no, Alice, hold on a second. Because let, let's let's counter that perception a little bit. Because I, I want to get into Bam and Hero after the break. Because um, I think there's a lot to talk about there when it comes to Jimmy. But I I, I don't understand the fan frustration. That's where I'm at. Well, I think I the don't. frustration is just but that you, they're not able to land the other star. Because I think that's what people have been okay, kind of okay, dreaming but, of but, ever but since they got Jimmy. No, but I I. I I get what you're saying. I understand that's the way they view it. I get it. But it's a totally unreasonable expectation. Yeah. That, that, that's my view of this. Kyle's performance, like, I like, think, is what powers all of this. Yeah. Okay, fine. But, okay, if you're a Nick fan, okay, I understand your frustration. You've been trying to get someone to come there of significance for the past 20 years. Literally, as soon as Mitchell ended up in Cleveland, Mark Berman's writing more articles about how they can go after SGA, right, after Gilgis-Alexander. This is a never-ending cycle. They were supposed to draft Zion, right? They, were supposed to, they haven't gotten anybody to come there other than Amari Stoudemire, okay, who ended up breaking down after one very good season, okay? And, they, and, and he only came there because they didn't give him – they didn't force him. <laughs> they didn't take the protections on Amari that they should have okay and so that flamed out after one year and then Carmelo Anthony who they were only able to get because Carmelo wanted to go immediately and they had to gut their entire roster to do it instead of building a contender other than that they've got no one to go there like would you rather be a Nick fan right now and pay all of that money for Jalen Brunson who's had one year one year and so to me I don't understand I mean the Sacramento Kings haven't made the playoffs since 2005 like what are we talking mean, since the Heat have won three championships since then I, I think this is uh, look I don't want to be labeled as carrying the organization's water and they're not telling me to do this okay I'm just looking at the situation I'm like there's a level of spoiled here that I just don't understand I don't get it like I understand if they were in the mix for somebody and Mickey said I'm not going to spend the money on this guy I'm into luxury tax. Then Heat fans would have a reason to be pissed. I think Greg agrees with me on that too. Or, okay, this perception that got because of an aggregated article, okay, where it came out that Pat Riley didn't want to give Danny Ainge what he wanted, which got twisted into this thing that it's some grudge match, right? Because we all know that they don't have a good relationship. I was there, okay, in New Orleans, standing outside the locker room when Pat's statement was released, okay, about Danny and go manage, shut the F up and manage your own team, okay? We know there's bad blood. You don't think that Pat Riley would make a deal with Danny Ainge if he thought he would make his team better? I, so Bob, that gets Bobby aggregated Marks. as, as – 
sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but just to really drive home that point, Bobby Marks said pretty damn definitively that um, his sources tell him that Danny Ainge wasn't even involved in the negotiations right. for the most part, that he let the general manager handle all that, and he was above the fray for the almost the entire process. Do you really think that Danny Ainge wouldn't have made a deal with Pat Riley if it came down to him and he thought he could get more draft picks from him? This is a simple basketball economy, and by economy, I mean asset economy situation, okay? It's what Pat always talks about, okay? You have assets, okay? You're in the asset accumulation business, we can debate whether or not they've done enough to accumulate the right types of assets, whether they valued picks enough or all the rest of this to be able to operate in this environment, which has clearly changed. And Pat spoke to this change a couple of years ago. It used to be you waited for players, you cleared your cap space, and you waited for players to get the free agency. Now everybody extends their contracts before that. The agents have all told the stars, this is Bradley Beal, right? Everybody get your damn money. Then if you get traded, you've gotten your money already. Pat spoke to this a couple of years ago. They didn't like the way it's gone. We can argue about whether or not they've adjusted and evolved enough to have the right types of assets. But when you've got Heat fans out there being completely uneducated about this to say that the Duncan Robinson contract is stopping them from doing something, the Duncan Robinson contract actually could help them do something because it's of significant enough value that it could have helped them make a trade. So we again, we can say they should have prepared for Kevin Durant to kind of whine and then go back to Brooklyn. How do you prepare for that, or for the or for Donovan or for Utah to blow it up this offseason and then to get twelve picks or whatever it was for Rudy Gobert, who's going to be who's going to who's basically going to be played off the floor at the end of a playoff series in the first round? But we can say okay, maybe they should have prepared for that more, but. But you look at now, and I just keep coming back to this, and after the break, we'll get into more of the Jimmy parts of this. I still don't understand what it is that Heat fans wanted them to do, especially when Heat fans don't really know what was going on inside those negotiations, because I don't even know what was going on inside those negotiations, and I have sources inside that organization for the past 25 years. So this is just a lot of guessing from Heat fans that Pat wouldn't do this, or they wouldn't do that. or You don't know that. Nobody knows that. I'll find out eventually because I usually do. But as of right now, okay, what it seems to me based on the people I've spoken to, because about a month ago, people very high up in the organization were saying to me, don't expect Donovan Mitchell. And that's why I've been guiding everybody on this podcast. They were like, they're asking for too much. We don't have what they want. And also, this was the other part. Donovan Mitchell never asked to go to Miami. It never happened. He played pro-am in Miami. He trained in Miami. He hung out with Bam. He never said the words, get me to Miami, right? Two things needed to happen here, in my view, and I said this from the beginning. Donovan Mitchell needed to say he wanted to go to Miami to limit Utah's options. It wouldn't have necessarily forced them in a certain direction, but he could have, if he had said, I don't want to go to a place like Cleveland. You think Kobe Altman was going to trade for him then and try to convince him once he came? We went through that with Masai Ujiri and, and Toronto a few years ago, right? There had to be a convincing job. He never said that. He never said Miami or nowhere else or Miami and one team and nowhere else. Jimmy Butler made it clear to the world he wanted to be with the Miami Heat. That never happened with Donovan Mitchell. So you add that 
to the fact that I think that the Heat were somewhat lukewarm on him. That's another conversation. I don't think they think he's a star. I, from my perceptions, I don't think they think he's a superstar. I don't. That's the idea that I got from talking to people inside. Okay. They loved him in the draft. They liked him a lot as a player. I don't think they necessarily view him the way that some Heat fans view him. We can argue that point. It may not be across the organization, but I can tell you that's not sour grapes. They were telling me that along the process. That's the sense that I was getting. And then the third part was the Heat didn't have the picks. So if you want to be critical of them, be critical of them for not having accumulated enough picks over the years. Okay, this gets back to an argument by our friend Harry. Maybe they should have traded some of these guys to get low-end first-round picks or whatever so that they'd have more picks to trade. It's, it's difficult to pick up first-round picks for players. Yeah. Right. It's not really – you're usually going to get seconds. You were going to – for a Max Struess or Gabe Vincent or what you're going to get second-round picks most likely. Okay? So, anyway, I'm going on too long here, but I, I want to talk about Jimmy on the other side of this. But I, I just think that, honestly, it's just – Alex, you're right. Okay? Heat fans are disappointed. They're frustrated. They're taking it out on people like Tyler Hero and all the rest of this. There's been some disgusting stuff there that we've talked about. But I, I just don't think that they understand the facts here. And I, I'm not – there are a lot of educated Heat fans. Trust me, okay? Some who know the cap better than I do. But I'm just saying in this particular instance, they're letting emotion get ahead of evidence. <laughs> I think that's where we're at. I want to talk about Hero and Bam when we come back. I'm going to start with Alex on it, and we'll go to Greg. Uh, before we do, though, Greg made some money today, right? Better Edge? Better Edge. So listen, I have never played or bet on college football my entire life. And this peer-to-peer betting at Better Edge is super cool. Essentially, um, I go through all the different college football matchups and I look for the open orders, which are other bets that have been made by other people on the platform. And I look for lines that I like. I look for money lines that I like. I look for over-unders that I like. And it's not huge bets. Like This is the cool thing. When I signed up, I used uh, the link that we all have pinned in all of our uh, tweets. Uh, it was it slash five at RSN um, and twenty no, five reasons. So, so be- betteredge.com. That's with an O betteredge.com backslash five reasons. Number five reasons. Number five reasons. Thank you. I didn't know if we abbreviated for characters. So um, to that point, like literally y'all, I started with the $20 and I've already gotten up to 400 bucks like it's huge and i just can't say enough like in terms of being able to find the lines you like the flexibility of it the fact that um it's a newer platform so you have uh, a lot of interesting um lines that you don't see on other platforms frankly and when you compare them to what you see going around nationally you can take advantage of some of that stuff but you got to use the code to get that 20 dollars to play free Anyway, I'm co-signing Better Edge. My daily fantasy go-to is prize picks. Use the code five. But for betting, it is Better Edge. Yeah, we want to make clear those are two different things. So the peer-to-peer bet, both are legal in the state of Florida. So I want to make that clear. And actually, Better Edge is legal in 45 states now. But if you want the gambling, betteredge.com backslash five reasons. And if you want the fantasy, the daily fantasy, and again, we're leading up to the first Dolphin game here. So get in on that stuff. Uh, go to prize picks. Dot com. I can tell you that Tua is at 220 and a half yards at I prize over. I, I would go over Tua, but although I think they're going to win that game so handily that he may not have to throw as much late. But I, I'm go, I'm going to go over. Uh, use the code use the code F I V E at Prize Picks and Better Edge is BetterEdge.com backslash Five Reasons. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, I want to go to one more thing here because if you're going to argue that the Heat have failed Jimmy, then basically what you're arguing is that the team that he joined, okay, because, yes, they made promises that they were going to try to upgrade the team, and they have, okay, since when the Jimmy joined. Myers Leonard was starting at center on the team he joined, okay? I mean, no disrespect there, but let's let's go back a little bit to the team that they had. This is a better team than even the team that made the finals, okay, with or without P.J. Tucker. They've added Victor Oladipo for the minimum and then brought him back at a good rate for one year. They've developed players like Struess and Vincent into legitimate rotation players. Caleb Martin is a player who's developed. And that's what I want to get to here. If you're going to make the argument that they've failed Jimmy, what you're basically saying is that Bam and Hero have not either lived up to expectations or improved because those were the two primary young players that he was joining at the time. Okay. You're you're forgetting. Who's the other? That's crazy, Ethan. What do you mean? What, what, what's crazy? Who's the one I'm forgetting? You don't remember the other uh, young star player they had at the time? Well, Justice. Okay, but that's fine. But, that, but, uh, but Justice was completely duplicative. Of, segment. Totally derailed the segment. Like, Just, you know Justice, had to do that. Just, Justice had one twenty-seven, seven and seven in, in Jimmy's uh, as in Jimmy's place. Never in forget. the first game of the season. Yes, right. And there was no way the two of them could have ever played together. But you have to make an argument to say they failed Jimmy, that Bam and Hero have not been as advertised when Jimmy joined them. Is anybody going to make the argument that Tyler Hero drafted 13th overall, okay, and Bam Adebayo, who at that point was in his third season, have not become better players or progressed after Bam Adebayo, Heat fans are always pissed off that he's not defensive player of the year, okay? And Tyler Hero just won sixth man of the year. Is anybody going to reasonably argue that they pulled the wool over Jimmy's eyes with Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, that these are not good players that he joined in Miami? Can you make that Wah, argument, Wham, my toys are nice, but they're not nice enough. <laughs> That's really what it comes off as. But um, I know this can, it can be a little aggressive, I'm sure, for fans listening to this who are just frustrated with the Heat, you know, like getting a little bit worse than they were last season after getting so close to the finals. So I want to balance it out a little bit, even though I agree with what you guys are saying. I think the frustration comes from, like I said earlier, the Kyle thing um, and him not stepping up in the playoffs. But as far as Tyler, I mean, he, that being such a big part of it, right? Because he was such a big acquisition. He was. Uh, but Jimmy Alex, died. Alex, but I'm not even going to you again. No, I was going to make Alex, a point about Kyle. No, 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 but no, but I'm saying like you can't just throw Kyle out of the conversation because it counters every argument because it's who Jimmy wanted. That's what so, I'm saying. Like, so like. Okay, but let, uh, so Ty, oh, Tyler had a poor playoffs. Okay, uh, fine. He also won sixth man of the year this year. When Jimmy joined the team, Tyler Hero was a green rookie that we didn't know was going to be able to do anything. And then he had, what was it, 37 in the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston. Like, what are are we arguing that they sold Jimmy Butler a bill of goods with Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo? 
I don't think so. I definitely am not arguing that. I think the Bam and Tyler thing, like, if you have to think about it from a devil's advocate perspective, it's really more of what Leif is talking about. It's like, I, I like these toys. They really hit on these draft picks. These are great toys, but these are like our best assets. Why aren't we trading them? And I don't agree with that. Like, that's not my take at all. But I think there's probably a minority of people who feel that way. Where it's like, well, oh, these are great picks. And those are the types of picks that you trade to upgrade your team. I just don't agree specifically with Bam. I think Bam is somebody you hold on to for dear life because he's special. And I'm not one who's looking to trade Tyler either. I think unless it's, you know, it's for a significant upgrade, like, like was talked about this summer. But as far as those guys, like it's just Bam has turned himself into an all NBA type player. Obviously, a, a defensive player of the year type player. Like, it's hard to talk about more win now players that are not like necessarily superstar guys than a guy like Bam Adebayo, right? Like, I think they absolutely hit gold. They hit the jackpot on Bam. Tyler is very close to that, too. Like, I just think for what he was, like, he's already completely outplayed expectations. And although he's kind of like the one that's really talked about uh, along with Duncan who, by the way, is a part, a part of this conversation, too, who started for two seasons, came out of nowhere, right? Uh, uh, kind of along the list of guys like Gabe, Max, Caleb, and by the way, Kendrick Nunn, who we haven't mentioned, another guy, right? Like, they, they're turning a lot of things, like, into – like, they're turning a lot of nothing into something, right, over these past few seasons with Jimmy, when a lot of these guys that we're talking about here. And so, like, they're doing the best they can with what they have. And the reason that they don't have more draft capital wise is because they're constantly going in and trying to compete. Like instead of stockpiling picks, they're always buying and being the team. But Alex, the other, the, the other, but Alex, the other thing is the reason they don't have more money to spend on players is because Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are taking up $70 million of their cap. So yep. it, it's not just trade. So, so I, I just, I'm going to come back to this, Greg. Because uh, I'm trying to find the devil advocate position here. I am, okay? And I appreciate Alex providing it because I, I don't know who else in the network could actually come up with it. But I, as I look at the situation, I'm like, okay, so what did they not do for Jimmy that they could have, right? Well, last year, there were other players they could have looked at over Kyle Lowry. But as we discussed on the first part of this podcast, that's who Jimmy wanted they got the player. They had competition for the player. New Orleans, Dallas, other teams. They got the player. They can't control the fact that, that Kyle, and again, we hope everything works out for him, was dealing with personal issues for most of the season, got out of shape, and then after he had built some credibility with what he accomplished, especially with the young players and carrying them for a period of time when the other guys were out, he broke down in the playoffs. That's their fault? Like, this is a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame, most likely. who's won a championship. Like, so so, so that's they failed Jimmy in that capacity. But we can look back at the free agent list from the previous year and say, okay, was there something else they could have done instead of Kyle? You know so what, I'm, what I'm trying to figure out is – well, and then the second move, the second thing is – the second year, okay, did they whiff on Harkless and Avery Bradley? Absolutely, okay. Harkless was a minimum contract. Okay. Did they whiff on counting on those guys on not paying Jay? All right. But you're telling me that paying Jay, if you were going to go into the third year and take yourself out of the possibility of Giannis, that that was serving Jimmy's best interest. Don't you think that keeping yourself in the game for Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant is and in PJ Jimmy Butler's Tucker. best interest. So Jimmy Butler wouldn't have to carry a team. What's that? And, and PJ Tucker right? is who they ended up with. Who was, who was a better player. Right. You know what this is, Ethan, this is that there's a majority of he fans that they don't want to show their faces, but they wanted to trade Bam Adebayo for Kevin Durant. 
and they they are not, and that's what this boils down to. And then, well, they're not going to do. They, they were deep, never deep beneath yeah. that is also a subset of fans that would have taken Tyler Hero, every other asset on the team besides Bam and Jimmy, and gotten Donovan Mitchell, and that's or James just how they feel. Or- or James Harden. And, and there's no, they're, they're not coming off that position. So that's when you're dealing with that level of irrational delusion, then you just have to consider the source. Okay. But okay, let's go back to BAM then, because it, it seems to me like all of this is coming back to one place. Okay. Which I, I, I'm with you. And that's kind of where I wanted to cycle this thing. Thanks for our sponsors, betteredge.com backslash five reasons, louispeters.com. For your insurance needs and prize picks, use the code 5FIVE. Also, make sure you're checking out El Heat. Uh, if you if you are inclined, if your Spanish is better than mine, check out Alejandro and Ricardo. They do a great job, totally different perspective than, than we have here, and it's really good stuff. And it's been uh, – we've been putting it on our podcast feeds over the weekend. Are they going to bring you on to do that? Uh, my Spanish has improved slightly. My daughter's is better, but I, I will work on it. But, well, they should bring you on as a guest, actually. I don't, I don't, I don't know about Greg. Okay. Um, but – this this is the point that I want to cycle back to. This is ultimately about. I, I think that's where this is going. I, I think that because we can talk about Tyler because the Heat would be willing to trade Tyler in the right package, in the right circumstances. They are not willing to trade Bam. They're not. I had someone else tell me very high up in the organization, we're not training Bam. We're not training Bam. So you're right. Yes. That is where the line has been drawn here. Okay, but that's where the line has been drawn for them, and it's also where the line has been drawn for Heat fans because the Heat fans who are saying that the Heat have failed Jimmy are basically saying the Heat failed Jimmy because they won't trade Bam. That's 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 where we're at. That That's the core of this. And again, I'm going to ask this question. When Jimmy is Bam a better player than he was then? Yes, absolutely. Easily. Do we all agree that there's another step that Bam needs to Right, but there's another step that Bam needs to take: aggressiveness, alpha personality, offensively. We did, we do, we do that more on this podcast than we do any other topic. Okay, so we're not shying away from that. And I can tell you, inside the organization, they echo what we say. I'm not saying they get it from us. I'm saying they say the same things inside that we say. Okay, Eric Spolster defends Bam on the aggressiveness stuff publicly, but I can tell you that inside the organization, they are all over Bam to become more aggressive. Okay. So it's not, it's not like we're shying away for that. We're not carrying water for anybody, but I'm just telling you that this is where this comes back to. So I, I, I'm with you, Greg. Fans should just say that, okay? The Heat have failed Jimmy because they will not trade Bam. Because honestly, none of the other stuff is factual, <laughs> right? Like they weren't necessarily getting Durant by trading Bam, but they definitely weren't getting Durant by not trading Bam. We knew that from the very beginning. So and I if think you they are going to, and again, the other, they might have. Well, we'll see how it would have played out. But here's the other part. They gave Bam the extension early, right? Which hurt them with Giannis and with others at that they point. They did the right so thing. If you're talk about, they did the right thing. But if you're talking about the two decisions that they made, okay, that kept them from getting the whale of all whales, okay? And again, not necessarily getting them, but giving them the best chance, Durant and Giannis, right? Where they were BAM-related decisions. So he fans should just say it. They want to upgrade the team for Jimmy by trading BAM. And I'm just telling you right now, the Heat are not doing that. So get used to it, okay? They're not trading BAM out of bio. They're not. At least not now. 
two, three, four sure. years down the road? Maybe. They're not doing it now. Okay. Does anybody have any final thoughts on this? Because I, again, I don't want to bet. I just want people to deal in, in like reality and facts. Okay. Like just saying Donovan Mitchell's out there and we're just going to bring him down here because he happens to have to work out in Miami. Do you know how many guys work out in Miami? Seriously? I mean, do you, I mean, I, I run into people in the Best Buy and Pines. Okay. They're all down here. They all want to live here part of the time. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Heat are the Yankees, okay, and they can just go to any cap number that they want or any number that they want and just pay the tax. It doesn't work like that. Final thoughts, Greg? No, you've summed it up well. And I think that it probably there's more context than just straight up they want to trade BAM. So I understand that part of it. But what it boils down to is that – you have fans that think that the roster right now is not good enough and the way to improve the roster because the roster is good. Sorry. Um, is that you got to trade the best pieces on this roster and that's that conundrum. And I feel like, uh, I'm glad that the heat hold firm behind Bam Adebayo because what he does defensively, if he, if that same level was attained offensively, but he had defensive deficiencies, no fan would be saying shit. If yep. he was getting 26 a game, but he couldn't guard a soul, no fan he's would Trey Young. If he's and the tra- thing he's for Carl Young. Anthony Towns. If he was getting mm-hmm. Tar- Carl Anthony Towns stat, stat line, but he, he wasn't doing what he does defensively, he fans would say, no, you keep him around. They may even say build around him and not Jimmy. But because Bam is a defensive-minded player and you can't quantify that stuff, not everybody can see it, but Spo can see it. So when Spolstra's like making his chart of who he ain't trading and who is like untouchable, it's guys mm-hmm. who contribute like the way that Bam does. It's crazy because it's like you would swear that the way that he's talked about sometimes it's like if he was Ben Wallace on offense and no disrespect to Ben Wallace, you know, who's a Hall of Famer. But like, come on, like even with the frustrations and limits that Bam has offensively, he's like a 19 points per game in his sleep guy. Athletic rim roller is a guy who uh, sets up his players. One of the best uh, playmaking bigs, elite athleticism. Like he is easily like, I don't know, around to be on offense. It's not like he's Trey Young in the sense that the other end is he's a complete F. He's a complete minus. It's quite the opposite. Like Bam is such a well-rounded player. He's so unique. That's why that he don't want to trade him. Right. And like you said, it's not going to happen. And the win now thing was drafting Bam in the first place, realizing what you have in him, starting him, empowering him in the way that they did, which no one saw coming, by the way, in that time, right, when they empowered him as a dribble handoff guy to begin with and, and all of a sudden unlocked all this offense. Like, he is a special player. And I just think, oh, man, it's just hard. It's hard when it comes to the star player talk. And it turns it devolves into a lot of 2K stuff. And I get why fans get excited with all the star names stuff, man. Like, you, fans are going to be fans. It's just Bam is not getting traded. <laughs> That's really what fans, it comes back out to. Fans just need to be reasonable about this kind of stuff. It, it would have been very different if Donovan Mitchell said, get me to Miami, and Pat Riley was really asleep. Does anybody believe – I saw this today, and we got to close here because I – I saw this today that, again, not just the Ainge part of this, that, Pat, that this perception that Pat wouldn't give in to Danny Ainge and it was some ego battle, but also that Pat Riley is scared to make the moves to win now. Has anybody followed this franchise for the past 25 plus years? Weirdos. I mean, if, if anything, he's gone too much that direction. That's why they times. don't have the And pick. I was saying that. 
Exactly. And, and us, us saying that, okay, you're going to get cutthroat Pat this summer. I still believe he's in that mode. I absolutely still, I'm not backing off from that, but this is just not as simple as snap your fingers and you're the Godfather. And so everybody just bows down to you and sends you the player you want. The fact that Why he's done it so many times. Tyler hasn't gotten his extension and we'll see how that plays out. Okay. I still think that's going to happen before camp. I know we have some disagreement about that. I, I still believe that ultimately that will occur before camp, but either way, either way. Okay. I don't have any fault with what the heat did off this, this off season. And I can tell you, there's nobody in the quote unquote mainstream heat media down here who trashed them more than I did in 2016 and 17. So this is not about carrying water. Okay. I trashed them the way they handled Dwayne. People knew my relationship with Dwayne. They knew I was communicating with Dwayne. Okay. And, and, and look, I, I, I think that was completely bungled in 2016. I think their reaction to it in 2016, the Tyler Johnson contract in particular was ridiculous. Okay. They getting the guys on cheap deals like Dion and JJ made sense overpaying them out of sentiment. The next season was totally counter to everything that they've ever done. when they can produce players like Dion waiters and James Johnson and Tyler Johnson and Hassan Whiteside in their sleep. And I was all over them. Those two off seasons. I don't think they've done anything wrong this offseason. I don't. I don't. Look at the free agent list. You want to be stuck with Jalen Brunson in two years? Let's see how that works out. Okay? You want to be hard-capped with P.J. Tucker? Are we kidding? And I was the one who advocated trading a first-round pick for P.J. the previous year. You can't be paying P.J. that three years from now and take yourself out of everything else. Honestly, if I was the Heat this offseason, I would have done the same damn thing in every possible situation. And everything that was on the table for them is before is still on the table now. They have not failed Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has gotten paid extraordinarily well here. He has lived up to the contract. We just declared him the third or fourth most important player in Heat history. We're not disparaging Jimmy. He's been incredible. But they also got his best friend. His best friend needs to play at a high level this year. Because that's what they spent the money on. Okay? That's where the money went. It went to Kyle Lowry. Okay. So I hear Kyle's in great shape. So there you're at. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Alex. We went a little bit long today. But uh, I, you know, <laughs> we went a little long today. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.